Today I've titled the message, the most important message that I've ever preached. And I'm not joking, I want, I, I feel like that is the, it is the most important message um, that I've ever preached. And just a disclaimer before we dive into it, today is family talk. Um, so if you're new here, sorry, <laughs> but also it'll be good for you to see into, into family talk as well, see into the heart of this family. Because um, I want to talk today directly into the heart of this family, of this community, this church. And we're going to do some business together today. I feel that it's going to be the most important message I've ever shared in my life. Um, so who's a little nervous? And I'm a little nervous about it. <laughs> and I feel like I might say some things today that are going to be just out there. And yes, let's do that. I, I just... I want you to have a reaction to this message. I either want you to hate it or I want you to love it. My preference is that you'd love it. <laughs> if I could choose, that would be the reaction. So I want this message to in, it, evoke in you, there's a better word, but to, to bring out of you something strong. I don't want your response to this to be weak. Like if you like your cordial weak, I, I want you to, to dial the the cordial strength up to 10. I want you to either have a strong love of this message or you'd have a real... And I don't want you to hate the message because I don't think that's helpful for you or for me. But I, there's, I believe there are going to be two reactions to this message. I, I feel like in group one, this is where I would love everybody to be, is that you'd be radically moved, that you'd feel a sense of alignment, of shared purpose that you'd feel excited to embark on the journey with us as a church and that you would also realise that you have a major part to play in it. And that's where I hope most of us would sit. But if you're in the other group and you realise that as I'm sharing the heart of where I believe God is calling us as a church to go, where He's calling us to move in, the direction He's calling, you might be in the group that says, I now have a confident knowing that this isn't the community for me. This isn't the direction that I want to go in. And this is the part that I wanted to leave out of the message. But you don't have to be scared of that reaction because God is going to lead you into the future that God wants you to be in. I, see, what I don't want is you just to sit in the middle and go, ah, this church, meh. I, I want you to either be in or be know where you need to be. Do you know what I'm saying? And I say that with love and I say it with God. I say that that God is wanting to move us into a radical response to go, maybe this church is where I need to put my effort and my energy. Are you okay, church? That was the first little scary pit. We, we got over that. But let's embark on a journey. This is Vision Month. I, I, and we, last week we talked about what God's vision is for you, where you want to go. And God does, wants to do an amazing thing in your life. But today we're going to focus on what God wants to do in the midst of this community, in the midst of this church. And I almost feel like we're at the beginning of a great adventure. We're at the beginning of a great journey, uh, a, an epic proportion journey uh, and, and and next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about of where I see us going and what I see us achieving. And a bit of a, a snapshot into next week is that I see at the beginning of the journey for our future as a church, I see revival. I see a great awakening of faith in a community. I see miracles coming from this church. I see salvations coming. I see lives being restored. I see marriages being restored. I see things, amazing things. But you're at the beginning of an amazing journey. And today is the day that we set our course. That's why I said today is the most important message 
I've ever preached because this is the day we set the course of where we want to go. So today, and you know it's going to be different because I've got some art that I've got planned to do. And, and if anybody knows me, they, you know, uh, uh, this has to be God because this man can't do art and I cannot. But I've, uh, <laughs> So that's going to be a part of it. I just want you to realize that today is going to be a, bit, a little bit different. A part of my prayer is this, is that we would become a church that would be so focused on mission that we would forget about the motions of church. That our mission of why we are gathering is more important than going through the motions of church. I can't be bothered with motion church. It's too much effort. It's too much effort. And if it's just for a matter of going through the motions, it's not worth it. There is nothing fruitful from that. But I believe there is something powerful when we as a church community can realise that we are called on a mission. See, today we are defining what our mission is as a church. And that, that word, mission, answers this question. Why do we exist? Why do we exist as a church? And I'm not going to come up with some fancy new answer that you've ever heard in your life. But my prayer is that we would revisit God's original intent for the church and then that would spark in us a fresh love and passion for the mission of God through our church. So we are going to reset the course. Exciting, exciting. So in the spirit of doing things a little bit different, I was trying to think, how could I do something different today to make a sign to you and to myself that today isn't like any other day? I feel like today is a line in the sand moment like a moment that you'll look back on and we'll look back on as a church and realize that was the day that things changed. I, I was going to wear a suit jacket, but it was too hot. <laughs> so we just pretend that I'm wearing this suit jacket. But would you do something with me just to symbolize and to make a sign that today's going to be different? Would you stand with me right now? And as we read the passage that I feel that God has spoken to us, we are engaged in that. So we're saying, God, I'm engaged. We're ready to hear what you want to say. And so we're going to read this passage. And then let's just pray before we dive into what God wants us uh, to say. So we're reading out of Luke chapter 19. Um, and this is going to be the, the message. This has been marinating in my heart for a long time. I feel, like I've just, I feel like I've just been ready to preach this message my whole life. So Luke 19, uh, verses 1. Let me get there. And it says this. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there by the name of Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short and he could not see over the crowd... So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Verse 7 says, All the people saw this and began to mutter, He is gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today's salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man 
has come to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray. Lord, as we stand here, we want to hear your heart for our church. God, we don't want to just sit idly by and have life pass us by, but would you stop and would you encounter us today? Lord, would you set our church onto mission? Would you burn this into the fabric of who we are in Jesus' name? God bless you. Sit down. Thank you for doing that with me. So my first picture. Oh, meet Zach. That's Zach. Good day. I know. I passed year three art. So that's Zach. And we read in the story uh, who Zach was. And it says he was a chief tax collector of, of, for the Roman uh, government. So that means a couple of things. It means Zacchaeus was very rich. Zacchaeus had a lot of money. And so, I should, you know, if I was better, I'd do some dollar signs and stuff. He, he, was, he was rich. Uh, he was very influential. He carried a lot of weight with government. He was elevated into realms of authority that a lot of us would dream of and want to be in. But on the, on the other hand, that's probably on this hand, but on the other hand, Zacchaeus was a social outcast. See, Zacchaeus was a Jewish person working for a Roman government. And in that day, it was, he was working for the people that were keeping his people captive. So the Roman government was ruling over the Jewish people. And it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, come in and that's just great. It was, no, we have come in and we have taken over. So the Jewish people are under Roman oppression, government. And here Zacchaeus is a Jewish man as a chief tax collector for the Roman government. Can you imagine how the rest of the Jewish people felt about Zacchaeus? So he had all this money, he had all this influence, but he was hated by his own people. He was a social outcast. Not only was he a social outcast with his people, he was a spiritual outcast as well. He was viewed as a sinner. Being in the, the role of a tax collector, he was outcast. He wasn't allowed to engage in the spiritual custom. He wasn't allowed to come to church as you are. He was, he was, he was cut off from that. Uh, and, and so you could see he has all this stuff going on in, in his life. And I think that's just like us sometimes. We have all this stuff. We have the good, the bad, and the ugly going on in our life. So that's Zacchaeus. Got lots of money, but he's dealing with a lot of stuff. He's got lots of influence, but he's also dealing with other things. And I love, this is my next picture coming up. And it says in verses three, so it tells us who Zacchaeus is, rich, outcast, influential, but subject to all that stuff. And it says in verses 3, is that Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. I love that. So here we go. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. A big smile for Jesus and some hair. Jesus. So... <laughs> I was going to get Sam to help me. She's a way better artist. She's really good, but I thought this would be funnier. Uh, so Zacchaeus, with everything we talked about, wanted to see who Jesus was. And I began to think that that is, is such a timely picture. It's actually such a telling picture. Into, it's a great look into the heart of humanity. 
Because you would think a man that has everything that you could possibly want or desire, all the money in the world that he would need, all the stuff in his life that he would want, what would he want to see Jesus for? And I think it's a snapshot into our life because like Zach, I believe every person, no matter how much stuff you have, how much success you have, no matter if you're winning in relationships, losing in relationships, I think unless you have that place in your life of encounter with Jesus, there's always going to be something missing. See, I believe that every person on the earth is created for relationship with Jesus. We all have that God-sized hole that is missing and can only be filled by relationship with Jesus. And here we are trying to fill it up with stuff. That's what we do. That's what, if I just get that job, if I just get that relationship, maybe, just maybe that will fulfill me. And we can see in the life of Zacchaeus, there was something missing in Zacchaeus's life. He was spiritually hungry. He knew something was missing in his life and he, he wasn't quite sure how to figure it out. And I believe that our world is so hungry for Jesus. They might just not know what that hunger is. They just feel hunger. Like as a baby's learning what hunger is, they just know something's uncomfortable in the tum-tum and I'm going to cry until I get some foodie. And... and there are people out there and there are thousands upon thousands and thousands of people in our community that don't know Jesus but are hungry for Jesus, that don't have a relationship with Jesus but need Him and feel the drive and the hunger to encounter something of spiritual value, but they don't know where to get it. Ooh, I can feel this. Is, this message is going, man. This is going into our hearts. So without Jesus, we have a hunger for a spiritual fulfillment. And we know that's through Jesus. And I love in verses three, it says, so Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Our community wants to see Jesus. They might not know it, but they want it. They need it. But then it says in verses three, uh, no, in, yeah, verses three, it says he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So comes my next drawing. Oh, I've messed it up a bit. Love, you might have to save this when, when we get to the next one. Okay, they've got arms, legs. So now Zacchaeus, can you see that on that side, class? I feel like a teacher. <laughs> Zacchaeus, who wanted to see Jesus, but because he was short and the crowd was there, could not any longer see Jesus. So that's a sad face now. And I think that is also a, a look into the heart of humanity that has a desire for relationship with God. But for whatever reason in their life, various circumstances, there are things that are stopping them encounter who Jesus is. For Zacchaeus, it was because he was short and because of the crowds. He literally couldn't see past the crowds in order to see Jesus. And that made me begin to think, what are the barriers that are stopping people encountering Jesus in our community? And there are many, they are varied, and there are a lot of them. See, in our, in our, in our day, now, in our road onto Jericho, in our church, in our community, in our schools, in our family, what are the barriers 
that are impairing people's ability to encounter Jesus. To name a few, it might be that they think church is a place where it's just not fun. That might be a barrier to people. A barrier to some people might be the fact that they think that God is angry at them. So they've never engaged with a loving God because they feel God is an angry God. So that's a, you hear what I'm saying? That's a, that's a piece of the crowd in the way of somebody trying to engage. It might be because of something that's happened to them in their life and these barriers and these blockages go up in front of people that need and want encounter with Jesus. And they are so many barriers. There are, there are things stopping people encountering the love of Jesus but, and love. Can you come? Can you help me, Sam? Are you, are you there? Is she there? Is that Sam? Where's Sam? No, that's not Sam. Abby, where's Sam? She's back there? I can do it. All right. That's fine. That's not awkward. (laughs) No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, I can do that. Because I love Zach's response. Are you there, love? Come. Come. (laughs) Please help us. See, this is a barrier right now. Can you draw my next picture, which is the... The running to the tree. I haven't given you enough space, but. So in verses four, it says that Zacchaeus was short. Verse three, short. He couldn't see Jesus. But what does it say he did? He says he ran up and climbed a tree. And we're going to watch this. Oh, that's just another level right there. He's going to run. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Saving the day. Oh, and you got to put Zach in the tree. Yeah, he's in the tree. And, and give him his line of sight. Oh, you see, I could give her a hand, everybody. Thank you, love. Thank you. I'd be lost without you. Just trying to score some brownie points for Valentine's Day. Not off to a good start. <laughs> Just joking. So Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus, but it says in verses 4 that he ran and climbed up a tree. I love that about Zacchaeus. That's tenacity. That's resilience. But not everybody's going to have that ability to to take it upon themselves to, to climb a tree. But what Zacchaeus needed to encounter Jesus in that moment because he was short, because of the barriers that were stopping him, he needed something to lift him up. He needed an ability to elevate his position so that he could see over the crowds. And I believe that our church is going to be like that tree. We're going to be a church that lifts people up. We're going to be a tree that helps people find and follow Jesus. That's the mission of our church. We we exist to help people find and follow Jesus. Because Zacchaeus needed help. Zacchaeus needed help. Our community needs help. The people in your, in your world need help. They're not going to be able to just do it on them by themselves. We are called to be the tree that our community climbs in order to encounter Jesus. We are called to be people that lift our community up so that they could encounter the love of Jesus. And I love if there's like three columns of helping, if you've got three categories of helping, you've got on this side, helping, doing something, being a positive influence, helping. 
That's where I want us to be as a church. We're going to be here. We exist to be here to help people encounter Jesus. What does that mean? We don't exist just for ourselves. We are not an inward community. We are an outward focused community. We are not a community just to make everybody feel comfortable. We are a community to get people on mission. This is the one I was feeling awkward about. I, I don't care about how comfortable you feel. I do, but I don't. I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel loved. But I want you to feel a holy agitation that there is something for you to do. That there is a part for you to play. That church doesn't revolve around my... Uh, was the message good today? <sighs> I mean, you know, we want the messages to be good. But we aren't the focus. But we are because God is going to use us to be the ones that help lift people. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we are an outward focusing community. But, but we, we do that by helping people find and follow Jesus. And in the following of Jesus, that's where you get all the, the nurturing, the love, the propelling, the, the empowering. We're going to be an empowering church. We're not just going to forget about the people who start following Jesus and go, we're just looking for the lost ones. Yeah, we are looking for people who are lo looking to see Jesus but we know that is only going to happen through us being who God has called us to be and becoming mature trees, if you would say. God isn't looking for trees that are going to break at the first sign of hardship. God has planted our roots down deep and strong and long, and God is going to make you a fig tree, a massive, strong, big tree. These weren't small trees. So there's going to be strength in your life. Yeah, you're going to grow, but we're going to grow for a purpose. We gather for a purpose. Like I said before, mission is so much more important than the motions. That if Sundays just become about doing the same thing, and oh, we tick that off the box. and uh, No. God's calling us to be a church on mission. So getting back to my three areas of helping, where this is helping. And if I was brave enough, I'd draw another picture, but I'm not. So helping. And then we have in the middle here, in the next category, the do nothing category. I think that's pretty bad. It's not good. It's like, okay, there is a community out there that needs to know Jesus, but hopefully somebody will go. <laughs> like Marco's going to go. He's, he'll do something, but I can't do anything. Who am I? Maybe it's fear that stops you from being in position. Maybe it's somebody told you that you'll never be any good, but you've got to get rid of that because you're, you're awesome. God loves you. God's got a plan and a purpose for you. But then we actually see... If that's not bad enough, it goes down this way a little bit more. We see the reaction of the crowd. When Jesus comes to the tree that Zacchaeus is on, the crowd, and I imagine the crowd is full of church people and religious folk. It says, what is Jesus doing going to hang out with a sinner? What is he going to have? He's going to have food with a sinner? That man is a bad man. And instead of helping the crowd actually hinders people encountering Jesus. And for whatever reason, I think church sometimes, I'm not talking about our church, I'll talk in generalities, but church hasn't been helping, hasn't been doing nothing, but it's actually been hindering people encounter Jesus. Through whether it's our judgmental behaviours or how we present to the world, whatever it is, we got to get out of this category and get into that category and say, I'm going to help. I'm going to help because get this, is that when Jesus walks on the road alongside and stops at somebody's tree 
and encounters a Zacchaeus in a tree. That's what we call, ladies and gentlemen, the transformation zone. That is the point of encounter, okay? Because I, I began to think about this. Do you think Jesus was on that road by chance on that day? I don't think so. I think Jesus knew exactly the road Zacchaeus was going to be on because he didn't say, hey, what's your name up in the tree? He said, Zacchaeus. This man was notorious. This man was, he had a reputation, not all good, a lot bad. We talked about that. Jesus knew who Zacchaeus was. He knew the road he would be on. And Jesus said, I'm going to be on that road on that day at that time because I have an appointment with Zacchaeus at that tree. Are you, are you following me? Because transformation of life comes when people encounter Jesus. And don't you love that? That's a picture of what happens. It's not our job to judge people into change. It's our job to lift people up to see Jesus so that by that encounter, they would change. Did you hear how Zacchaeus responded? When, he said, when Jesus said, come hang out, when there was relationship with Jesus, his response was that Jesus said, if I've done anything wrong, would you, I just give it back right now. I want to change. He did a complete 180 of behavior, not because of what people said that he has to do, but because of the encounter that he had with Jesus. See that what our community needs, what we need is to encounter the love and the mercy, the forgiveness The, the graciousness of God. See, Zach's seeking spiritual hunger was actually just an echo of God's seeking of Zacchaeus. It just reverberated out of God's heart into Zacchaeus's heart. And there was a rhythm, a sound coming that God originated. God made, made that sound reverberate in his heart. That, that, that sound is, I love people. I want the best for people. And you see at the end of that verse, he says, for I have come to seek and to save the lost. That's God's heart for people. That's God's heart for you. That's God's heart for me. I've come to seek and to save. I'll do anything. He sends His Son, Jesus. So, so that, that echoing of God's heart is actually what He places in everybody's life. And it's that thing that says, man, I, I need something more. I need a spiritual fulfillment in my life. And Jesus says, I am it. I am it. And we as a church are called to be people that lift up people to encounter Jesus. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. That's it. Oh, yeah, that's... I'm excited about it. I'll do a dance. But I believe God's heart for people needs to become our heart for people. It needs to be the rhythm in which we move. It needs to shape everything that we do. And I'm telling you, this mission will shape everything we do as a church. Things might change. Things, how we do things might change because we're not even talking about... So all we talked about today and we're going to talk about a little bit longer is why we exist. Next week, I want to move into where we hope to go and how we hope to do it. Okay, those are getting into some of the goals that we'll have as a church and I, I'm getting ready to set some scary ones, some faith-filled ones where we hope to do, what we hope to see and how we hope to achieve it. Those things, strategy might change from time to time. There might be a different song thrown in there. I might preach a little bit differently sometimes. We might have different people come up and share. We might ask you to run a connect group, but it's because we exist to help people find and follow Jesus. So that when you're making a coffee, you're not just making a coffee to, to, to make yummy, delicious coffee, which is amazing. 
But does that coffee help people find and follow Jesus? Yeah, I think it might do. I think everything that we need to do needs to reverberate with that mission. We need to help people. We want to lift people up. So God's called you to be a tree, baby. God's called you to just get some bark on you. Grow some branches. And that picture is actually a super relevant, rich, biblical image of who God has called us to be. That idea of being a tree, an oak of righteousness is so deep in the Bible. You even see in John 15, you are the vine, I'm the vine and you are the branches. It's there. It is there. So we are called to be that tree along that road. So, so now that we know that, what part do we play? And I just want to get practical with you for a moment. We know why we exist as a church, but it's not good enough just to stop at that point and know why we exist and not really have anything to do with it. And that's why next week we're going to go really deep into, I hope to go deep into some of the goals that we have and some of the strategies. But I want to just give you a little teaser of, of the strategy of how we hope to achieve that. How do we hope as a church to, to help people find and follow Jesus? You. You. Me. Yeah, you, Sophia. <laughs> Us. You are the tree that people will climb to encounter Jesus. You are the tree. I believe that's an important point because when we realize that I have a part to play in this, not just that, what is the church doing to reach people? Oh my, that service wasn't reaching anybody. It gets flipped around and it becomes, what am I doing? How am I helping people encounter and follow Jesus? Are you okay, church? This is just, this is just, this is business that we needed to do. So three characteristics that God has equipped you to be a tree in your community, to be a lifter of people, to be an elevator of people. Three characteristics that you have right now. See that you are positioned by God. See, a tree needs to be positioned. That tree needs to be planted. It needs to be positioned. And you are positioned, church. You, and, and what I mean by that is that wherever you go, wherever you and whoever you encounter, you are positioned there on purpose by God to be a lifter of that community and of those people. You're not encountering people by chance. You're not dealing with difficult people by chance. You don't have that colleague that irks you the wrong way by chance. You don't have that family member that hates religion by chance. God has positioned you on purpose so that people can get lifted. So that people can get lifted, that we can see people encounter Jesus. And that leads me on to the next thing. The second characteristic that God is birthing in us as a church is that we will be passionate. We won't just be positioned, but lacking passion. We'll be positioned with passion so that God's heart echoes in our heart. That God actually pours out His love for people into our heart for people so that when we see the Zacks in the world that have all the mess, that have all the, the, the shortcomings, no pun intended, and they have all the stuff going on in their life, that we would realise that God is calling us. I love that sound. That's great. Don't worry about that. That's amazing. That we would be moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. And you might say, Sheldon, I just don't feel it just yet. Just pray. Come on. This is the practical part. This is where you go, what do I do now? You begin to pray, God, pour your love. Pour your love. 
Pour your love into my heart. Romans 5, it says that God pours His love into our heart. God's not looking for you to just come up with your own energy of love, but God is going to pour it into your heart. Say, God, would your heart beat for people beat in my heart and start in this community that I have right now. Start in my family, Lord. Start by how I treat my wife. Lord, let me love my wife like you love the church. God, let me love my kids with your love. Come on, let that love begin to bubble out and bubble out. And then wherever you go, you're carrying the love of God bubbling away, baby. You're like a tree that people can't help but climb because it looks so good that there's so much love and grace and, and mercy coming out of your life. It's just bubbling all out of you because God has placed it there. And the third characteristic, and I could probably come up with them more, but for the sake of time, that you are not only positioned, passionate, but you are also powerful. You have strength in you that God is empowering you to go and to be the church. Wherever you are, God has positioned you to help people find and follow Jesus. God has positioned us as a church to help people find and follow Jesus. Why don't we stand for a moment? We're going to pray. The most important message I've ever preached is to set the course of where we're going as a church. This is where we're going. We are going to help people find and follow Jesus. You're going to be a part of it. Because the stakes are high. The stakes are high. How many Zacchaeuses are in our community that need this message? Thousands, 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 thousands of people. This building is not big enough to even take care of 1% of the people that need to come in and encounter Jesus. It's not. God's going to have to do something and move something, move some mountains and do miracles because there is a great need in our community. And we are called to be the tree along the road that people climb. Yeah, God is going to do that in our church, with our church and through your life. So let's pray. Lord, we hear your vision for us. We hear your mission for us. And we say yes. If that's something that aligns with your heart, would you just say that word with me? Would you just say yes, Scott? Yes. We say yes, Scott. 